to another episode of Natural Thoughts and Talks. We got a good one for you today. Go ahead and introduce yourself, brother. Uh, my name is Cody Pitts, aka KP More Than a Voice. Um, yeah, that's me, man. Yeah. Where are you from, man? Um, Lakewood, California. Um, Shout out to Lakewood. Lakewood, Lakewood. Putting Lakewood on the map, man. <laughs> yeah. No, Lakewood is solid. I fuck with it. It's not Long Beach, but it's definitely got its own little things. Hannah was living in Lakewood when I met her. Really? When she stalked me and, you know, <laughs> find, that, that sounds like a lie already, huh? <laughs> No, but I believe you, man. You I believe you. You to start laughing. Like... Nah, nah, I believe you, bro. No, it's not even like that. I believe you. You know, I was doing my thing, had the abs on, you know, just doing curls or whatever. And she, oh my God, who are you? Yeah, no, that's not how it happened <laughs> at all, man. I had to beg her and pry. You know, it was funny because I saw her and I was like, hey, if this girl doesn't have a girlfriend, or if I this mean, girl either, doesn't, you never yeah, know, man. Either, you never know, bro. I said, if this human is single, I'm gonna do whatever's in my power to at least just get a date. If I can get a date, I'm in there. Yeah. You know, and five, six years later, we're still rolling. I done been over to Europe three, four times. It feels like, and we're traveling like crazy, and you know, really building something special. And I'm really appreciative for you coming and being a part of it and sitting down and having a good convo, brother. Of course, man. I appreciate you for having me. I see you've been working out, huh? You look pretty. Or is it just a shirt? What is that? A schmedium? Or nah, what man. Do you it's, got? it's an XL, bro. It's an XL, <laughs> Yeah, bro. I just started uh, getting back in the gym. Um, I was 21 days straight. And then today, I took a break yesterday. So today is 22nd mm-hmm. day. So Yeah. What um, you been hitting mainly? I'm gonna do everything. Yeah, yeah, just lifting. Um, I hope to get cardio. I hate running by itself. Yeah. So, so I got to hoop just to get some running in okay. my heart, right? Um, but yeah, just mostly just weight lifting. Um, some calisthenics a little bit. Where at? Uh, 24 in Cerritos. Okay. Yeah, I love 24. Yeah. I grew up at 24, man. But the thing that we've been doing lately is, since the beach is right here, I oftentimes just like I'm not gonna go all the way to the gym. Yeah. Pull up bar right there. I got a 70 pound kettlebell right there, and That's we just. Make it happen on the sand, right? Yeah. Yeah, I usually go uh, right before work. So I'll go like 5.30, 5.45. Yeah. Get out of there by 6.30, 6.45. Dude, and the biggest thing for me lately is I've been trying to like simplify everything. Like obviously a former athlete, you know, track and field, all sorts of stuff, played everything, you know, everything was so complicated. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we're going to do this and this, 10 different workouts, dude. I just try to look at it as three days. Do upper body, do legs, do core maybe rest yeah upper body legs core rest it's been working yeah at least for me you know just been hitting the basics hell of like kettlebell swings a lot of just like pull-ups doing a fuckload of push-ups and just like i feel good you know i don't know about you bro but like if i don't work out in the morning i really don't respect myself throughout the day yeah (laughs) and it's kind of one of those unsaid things i just i don't really understand people who don't feel how I feel because like right now let's say if I didn't work out today I'd be a different person I would just be like jacked up and tight and just like more aggressive and I'm like I like to keep it easy and just keep it flowing you know I just feel like I I would leave myself or I would let myself down because you know how you know you have work and you have different um, goals that your job wants you to do and you do them because you know you have a job but a lot of times where people don't put aside their own goals for themselves, and that's what would be tripping me out sometimes. And mm-hmm. I'd be doing it to myself. I'm like, no, nah, I don't need to do that today. But you literally just turned in that uh, that report that they asked you to do today, but now yeah. you can't do a little workout that you're supposed to do this morning because, what, you wanted 45 minutes more sleep? You know, it doesn't make sense to me. That's awesome, dude. I'm the complete – I've always been the opposite, too, is I've just always been like, I'll do what I need to do for me and for my business and for, like, what I got going on. 
but I won't turn in homework, let's mm. say, or I won't do this, which is weird because I'm trying to get my girlfriend, Hannah. Hannah's the co-host of the show. Obviously, I don't know if you heard any episodes with yeah, yeah, yeah. me and Hannah, but that's obviously who I'm referring to. She's from Sweden. So her European mindset that I've had to sort of unpack, there's a lot of great things in there. But there's a lot of Americanized things that we need to just supercharge. You need to put a little more horsepower in it to where she's similar to you. She'll be like, oh, I did the homework, but I didn't edit for my YouTube content. Mm-hmm. Or I wasn't going to post a photo for some content. Like she's got to collab with pretty little things, right? And okay. like they send her free shit to, I don't get free shit. You don't get free yeah, shit. But yeah, if yeah. somebody was sending me free shit and they're like, bro, you just got to post a couple times a month. I'm guarantee <laughs> I'd be like, oh, for some shoes? Hell yeah. Nike? All right, let's yeah. do it. And like. She just has that, like, oh, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. And I that shit irritates me. I'm like, no, we get it done yesterday. Like, it's too late already. But I think it's like a non-US thing. Because my girlfriend is from Argentina. Oh, really? So she's like the same exact way. She'll be like, even with homework, she's like, nah, I'll, I'll do it later. Or That's going to be a big topic we're going to get into <laughs> later. Sure. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> International women. That's what I'm writing <laughs> on there. What you got going on lately, man? Where you been working at? Um, right now, I work at a middle school, uh, Fede Academy. Uh, shout out them. Um, right now, I work for Helpline Youth Counseling, but my um, site is at Fede Middle School. Uh, so pretty much what I do is like a lot of counseling work, um, a lot of restorative justice work, um, trying to pretty much get rid of like the whole discipline thing and turn it to a, a more of a positive thing, try to get oh. rid of the um, the prison to school to prison pipeline type thing. Yeah. Where did you find out that that's what you wanted to get into? <laughs> I definitely didn't. I never wanted to work at a school. Um, so it's crazy. I was working with uh, developmentally disabled adults and children um, prior to this. Okay. Um, and I hated it. Like hated it with like all my heart. Just because I, I loved the emotions and like the feelings to, to helping people. Um, but it was just like the mental drainage of what I'd have to be doing because the, the clients that I would have or the clients that all the other companies didn't want. So um, it would be like bottom of the bucket. Yeah, like sex offenders. It would be like super violent um, adults and children. Mm. Um, a lot of nonverbal people, um, and just really aggressive individuals in general. Um, so it would just be mentally draining after like every shift. Yeah. So um, we ended up wanting to go to, uh, I think it was uh, Rolling Loud. Okay. So we want to go to Rolling Loud. Me and my girl and like a whole bunch of my homeboys. And we were like, oh, let's go. And I had told my job like prior, like, hey, you know, I'm trying to go to Rolling Loud. Like, is, is it cool? They're like, no. Like, you, yeah, it's December. They made like this new rule out of out of the blue. So I was okay. Like, cool. They love doing that. Huh? Yeah. So yeah. I was, I'm not coming in. So whether like you give me the time or not, I'm not going in. So they ended up like firing me after I came back. I already knew they were going to fire me. So I was like, it's cool. But I had met the principal that I'm at the school now. I had seen her a couple weeks prior to that and she ended up being at my high school like she worked at my high school so she really liked me she really enjoyed was me. she at rolling loud no 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 oh. no she was at <laughs> she was at a store called michael's okay. I, I, I was fucking living at michael's for a cool minute mm-hmm. um but i was she was at michael's we were sitting there talking and stuff she's like you should you know come work at the school with us and i was like no like i don't want to work with kids it's fine um but i got fired so i was like you know what let me just go see what this is about and um Ended up being like a, a student intervention assistant, which is pretty much like a security on campus. Okay. And then um, that was cool. And then there ended up being this position opening um, for um, a pretty much like a, a tutor on campus. So I was in classrooms 
And then another position opened up, which is the one I'm in now. Um, so that's how that whole ball. That's awesome. Out. Yeah. How old are you? Uh, 24. 24. Okay. I'm 23. That's what's up, dude. Just like, I'm proud of you for having some direction right now and actually taking on a, do you see this as a career? Is this something yeah, yeah. that you've definitely, you're going to keep riding out and get better and kind of master your craft at this right for now? Sure. Um, I just went back to school to get my uh, master's in school counseling. That's what's up. Um, so I'll be working on that while still doing all the work that I need to be doing, all my practical hours I can do in my, my school. So. Have you started school? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I right just now? I just started three weeks ago, actually. How's juggling that been going? Um, it's all online, bro. So it's smooth. It's super smooth. I have to do Zoom every other week once. That's cool. the best, huh? It's cool. Yeah. That's the best, dude. That's how I've been sort of like building up half my business is people. It's a lot to get people into an office for, you know, finance, let's say, or something that's a little tacky or taboo. They'll jump on a Zoom, though. Like yeah. Zoom has really changed the world in such a good way. Shout out to Zoom. Like you want to sponsor the podcast? I got you right <laughs> here. Come call your boy. All right. But dude, that's awesome. We we're talking before we started international women, international girlfriends. It's the best. Yeah. It's it the is. best and the worst. It is. I would say yeah, it has, has its goodness. Because yeah. the cool part where when I first saw Hannah, I thought that she was going to be some rich girl from Huntington Beach. And I was like, I fucking got it. We're going to bag this one and ride off into the sunset. And she's like, I'm from Sweden. I don't even know where Sweden was on the map, to be honest with you. I'd heard about it frozen, you know, yeah. like let it go, stuff like that. <laughs> but like, fucking stupid. I had no clue where it was. And I fell in love with the country, you know, me. Will Ferrell and Tiger Woods are all addicted to Swedish women. So that's pretty that's such much a random group of people, bro. <laughs> if you look at all those women that Tiger Woods cheated on his wife with, they were all Swedish. Dude. Get the fuck out of here! You made that shit up. I swear. Right, time out. I, <laughs> pause. Here, I'll throw this fact out. Above sixty percent. Okay, all Swedish, for sure. Dude. Like okay. definitely, when you look, it's swipe, swipe, swipe. You're like, this is the same girl. It's Hannah. That's all it is, basically. Gotcha. So that Will Ferrell's married to a Swedish woman, and uh, there's a couple other guys out there, but we're holding it down. All right, <laughs> we're holding it down. Argentina. What's your lady's name? Uh, Dolores Maria Dolores. Okay, you guys yeah. live together. Yeah, we just recently started living together. Oh, how's that transition been? Um, I'm going to be honest with you. It was a little bit tough, man. The transition was tough because um, my dad moved out to Hemet. Okay. Um, so it was like a stuck between leaving my job and like leaving everything here and going out to Hemet or like going in with my girlfriend. So it's like, obviously, I'm not going to be like, I'm going to leave everything and leave you and go to go to Hemet. So I was like, yeah, um, I'm going to end up living with you. But it was tough because I like being by myself and it's not really a moment where I'm by myself, really. Mm, yeah. um, but I've learned to adjust and learn to, like, be around her 24-7 and not really have a problem with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not that I have a problem with her. It's just it's just tough sometimes to to want to think. <laughs> and mm -hmm. you don't really have that time to think. Um, but her mom's with us, too. So, you know, she's super dope, really loving, loves me to death, love her to death. So, you know, it's dope, man. That's what's up, dude. How's the food been? Been getting some good Argentina food. Have you been down there yet? Or I've been down there once. We're going again in December. Okay, real soon. Um, so I loved it. I loved it. Loved every every bit of it, man. So I was, tell me about it. Yeah, I was really hesitant uh, to go because I've never been out of the country before that. Um, so we ended up getting like an emergency passport. She ended up lying, saying that we're about to get married and somebody was sick out there. And they oh, were like, "Oh, that's clutch." No, fuck it. Yeah, we'll give it to you. 
Um, so we got the passport. Um, I was sitting there nervous the entire time on the plane. Only been on the plane one at a time. Really? To be in Vegas, so that was like thirty minutes. <laughs> so um, super anxious, but yeah, um, I was listening to the podcast that you're doing, Christian. It was literally the same experience that you had. I had like it was. I felt safe, bro. And I, I never in Argentina. I huh? felt safe, bro. Okay. I felt safe, and she, her, her family doesn't live like in. Like the super nice parts. They live like in the ghetto of Argentina, but they live in a nice house in the ghetto in Argentina. I like that. <laughs> so, like, they're like, oh, yeah, like, people sometimes people get robbed. I didn't, I had my head in the swivel for sure, but it wasn't, I felt safe, bro. I you felt, you safe. felt prepared. You were yeah. like, oh, I could handle this. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely did. I didn't feel like anybody was going to, and I definitely wasn't wearing like my chains and like my, my earrings and nothing either, just so I didn't stand out. But um, I felt, People were sitting there speaking to me in Spanish. Like it was, it was cool. Like they, they, a lot of Nigerians are out there too. So I felt like I fit in. Okay. So it was cool, man. Are you Nigerian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. How like are your parents from Nigeria? No, or, no, no. Or are you just like just from Nigeria? Yeah, like, I know my li- my lineage gotcha. is from Nigeria, but no, gotcha. my family doesn't. But like African American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I yeah. Got you. Just yeah. like my pops. Yeah. yeah, I'm with that. Traveling, man. Traveling is, I say. I talk about money a lot, but really, I don't want the biggest bank account. I want the most stamps in the Mm. passport. That's really what I want. Every time I leave, every time I move and shake, it's like one of my favorite quotes is exposure leads to expansion, you know? Mm. And the more that you get out there, the more that you get to see things. Think about this, dude. Without me being able to travel around the globe, just whether it's, you know, Costa Rica or Sweden or, you know, Mexico or something like that. I'd be in this American bubble, you know? We wouldn't, like, once you get a passport, just having a passport, dude, think about how many of your homeboys don't even have passports, right? They couldn't even leave if they wanted to. If I came up to him and was like, hey, bro, I got a free all-expenses-paid trip to uh, South Africa right now, they'd be like, I can't go? Yeah. That's crazy. You just got to, like, you got to be able to go. And just from a safety standpoint, too, bro, like, I just know that, hey, if I need to go pop the safe open and grab my bags, grab a passport, like... I could get out if I needed to. I feel better about that, you know? Like, I just feel prepared. You know what's crazy? I was just having a, a conversation with this, about this with my coworker. And I think um, a lot of it, like for me, for instance, I didn't have a passport until I had to go to Argentina. Um, but my mindset was never like, oh, I'm going to be able to travel. Mm. That was never my growing up. I You can ask me questions about different continents, I promise you I will not be able to answer them. Like it's never been on my my to do list is to travel. So I feel like a lot of people don't even put that into like don't even manifest that. Yeah. So the fact that you're able to do that is 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 super dope. Dude, even the concept of time too, I don't know about you, but just going over and seeing things in Argentina that are way older than seventeen seventy six. Like Argentina's been around for a minute, I'm pretty sure. I'm yeah. not too up to game on like what they got, but I'm pretty sure they got some early human historical, you know, sites yeah. there probably that you could go check out. Same thing with like Sweden, for example. To be able to go to a town that was founded twelve forty eight, right? Or to be able to be like, oh yeah, no, the Vikings were here in eight hundred. And you're crazy. like, huh? Like, no, no, yeah, no, they carved into that rock right there. You see, that's homeboy Frito or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's right there. And just be like, yeah, here in America, we think time started 1776, 1920, like the industrial age. We think it's all this, but shit's been rolling for thousands of years. Like, you go Africa, Europe, South America, you're able to see actual, like, work that's been getting done and people that have been in an area 
forever yeah. versus like America, either you came on a boat like, you know, our African-American people, right, against your will. You were a poor immigrant that came, you know, from Italy or something or however else you got here. Dude, it's just like changes your perspective. You got to travel. I have a conspiracy theory question for you. Go ahead. Do you believe that slaves were all brought here by boats? Hell yeah. What do you, jet ski maybe? Like no, really? no, no. No, 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 no. Conspiracy. Yeah, I think I think slaves were brought here by boats, my man. What? What? How else would they have gotten here? They're already here. You think they're already here? You, you, think, you think only black people were only in Africa? No, no, you got to flip it too, is I'm also half Native American too. Okay, cool. So Sioux people, my people have been here for the past 11,000 years or mm. so, but definitely there was Native people, and then I think white people got here, had the fucking icky COVID, killed yeah, yeah, yeah. hella people, yeah. and then I think they brought slaves over. What do you think? I just think a lot of the black people who were slaves are already here. That's what I think. I think a lot of black people are Native Americans. Okay. That's 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 my my thing. Not saying that there weren't yeah African Africans brought here from like Africa and were slaves. I but. think they mixed for sure. So there's definitely like if you look in Louisiana, Florida, like mm -hmm. the Creole people and stuff, definitely they blended together at some point. But you're saying that there was black people and native people here? Yeah, for sure. Okay. For How sure. did the African people get here? I'm saying they're already, like, I think they just label them as Africans, but I think they're already here, is what I'm saying. Even before the white people? Yeah, for sure. Huh. Because I, the white people weren't even here before. I don't think the white people were here before everybody, too, in no, my opinion. Native people were here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, the white people came from, from Europe. Uh-huh. So, who, eat, like, this whole place was just inhabited by, by only Native Americans. I don't think there were any other species of, of i see yeah i bet you there were some people here too there had to have been dude because just people have been even the vikings were here way before like the spaniards were here too mm -hmm. they just were nice enough to not fucking fuck shit <laughs> yeah, up they were like they're like oh yeah it's here all right let's go back to our spot now yeah. but yeah no i'm with that definitely Wait, who is that let me close these blinds i don't know people snooping around here <laughs> it's usually pretty quiet in here but um Huh. No, my good, bad, bro. No, you No, it's distracting me. It ain't for you. It's for me. I don't know. Just like, see, Kino ain't here. You yeah, see, yeah, Kino's yeah, not yeah, here, so yeah. I get a little. Who is? Because usually that's his job. He's like, who the fuck is here? But oh, uh, conspiracy theories. You got any others for me? I like that one. Uh, you believe in aliens? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Where are they at? You think they're underwater? I think there's aliens underwater. Um, there's. I don't want to. I don't want to get into it because I don't want people to think I'm crazy. But yeah, this is a pretty hard intro <laughs> to just be like, "Oh, this dude, <laughs> aliens!" But, now I had him in Argentina. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, I definitely think aliens are real. I definitely think that um, interdimensional, um, like machinery, is already here. I think a lot of things that are more like in TV shows, like time travel, all that stuff, is already here. The government already has it. I just feel like they haven't put it out yet. Yeah. Or they haven't let us know just how like they said, oh, aliens are... Like they just put out the news, oh, aliens are here, we have alien crafts. We've been through that shit. That uh -huh. If you've been looking at it, you've been through it. Yeah. So definitely aliens are real. I, I, I believe in a lot of stuff, bro. I'm with that. I what what, what don't you believe in? You think the earth is round, right? Yeah. Okay. 
Hold on now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think okay. that's the <laughs> but that was that was like a yeah, kind of maybe. I mean, I I don't know that you haven't seen it. Yeah, right? I haven't seen it, but yeah, cool. Okay, I like that, bro. I, I I'm, I'm 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 open to anything. Like if if you can explain to me why it's not round, I'm like okay. Yeah, I'm like I'm like you're stupid. No, I'm learning a lot about you. Yeah. I like this. You definitely are taking it from more of an artist angle. No, huh? for sure. I see it, dude. For I sure. like that, man. What else you been getting into? Um, other than that, man, um, I've been taking a break off my podcast. I haven't done that in a cool minute. Yeah, um, plug your show, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, KP More Than a Voice. You can find it on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, yeah. um, Anchor, um, pretty much everything you can find this podcast on. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Just about vulnerability, um, learning to be comfortable with yourself, um, discussing hard conversations that people usually don't talk about, um, and yeah, man, just having... A conversation that can be lasting a lifetime type of stuff. Yeah. That's, uh... You're doing the same thing I'm trying to do, man, is just build a network of like-minded people who are able to just honestly just be. You know what I mean? Like the biggest compliment that I get on this show is that I don't know what it's about. That's what people say mm. is like, dude, it's so broad and diverse that you have like a pilot on and then you have an athlete on and then you have a pastor on and they just have nothing to do with one another but i'm like no they if you listen to all three of those episodes you understand that each three of those men or women are passionate about mastering their craft mm -hmm. there's clues success always leaves clues it doesn't matter if you're a pilot it doesn't matter if you're a teacher when you show up every day trying to get a little bit better you're eventually going to get where you're trying to be you know what i mean yeah. So it's like, that's what I'm about, man. Tell me, who would you say, and I hate this question when people ask me this too, but it kind of like gives insight into who you are. Who would you say is your favorite two rappers? My favorite two rappers? Yeah. Currently? Mm, of all time. Um, definitely J. Cole and Tupac. Oh, that's a good two. Yep. I will throw Tupac. No, I'll go Ice Cube. Okay. And Eminem. That's just I, for today. The list changes every day, dude. It's one of those I don't things. know if you guys can hear me, but I'm definitely snapping. Yeah. <laughs> me and my homies are just talking about how we used to bump Eminem crazy, like in mm -hmm. middle school. It was, it was, that was the time. Eminem is, he's an icon in the fact that he was able to bring it global. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody, it doesn't matter. But just, I like, what, what my definition of an icon is... When somebody transcends their craft and is able to inspire you to pursue greatness in whatever you're trying to do. Icons. Muhammad Ali. That's top dog for mm -hmm. me, at least. I would get him tattooed on my back. If I could give every dollar of anything to get in a time machine and meet him in his prime mm -hmm. when he's out there talking all that shit and making it happen, moving and shaking, take it all. Icon right there, Kobe. Thank you. Kobe <laughs> is, uh, uh, as far as icons go, bigger icon than Jordan yeah. in my book. Because if you watch Jordan, yeah, it's cool. You're almost watching Jordan though. But with Kobe, you're learning. Mm -hmm. You know, he's actually giving you the keys, the insights It'd of like, great. yes, this is what you go and you go. Oh fuck, he said that. I'm gonna start doing. That. I'm gonna do that with the podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna start. Why? Why doesn't everybody do this with fucking taking out the trash? I don't mm -hmm. know. You know what I mean? Like. Who else would do that? Serena. You know, I don't know shit about tennis, but Serena Williams is a bad motherfucker right icon, there. Icon, definitely. You know what I mean? Who else you got on that icon list that you could think of? I'm definitely saying Tupac. 
Definitely Tupac mm-hmm. is an icon in my in my book. Yeah. Um, definitely died super young. I don't think people understand how young he was doing the shit that he was doing, man. I would love to meet Pac. Yeah. That'd be so but cool. Kobe's definitely my number one. I was like literally in tears when bro died just because I was like, if I ever get like big enough, that's the person that I'd want to go to, to like be a mentor. Yeah. Definitely him. Um, who else would I say would be a icon? Really those only two people. I don't really look up to a lot of individuals. Mm-hmm. So for you to like really make an impact on me, you would have to be like either one of those two individuals. Yeah. I would say probably Malcolm X is a big one for me. Mm. Jim Thorpe. You know who Jim Thorpe is? I don't. He, Educate me. He is the first... Are you familiar with the decathlon? So the decathlon is the hardest event in sports. In the Olympics. Basically. Yep, in the Olympics. So that's what I was doing before COVID. Was oh, I was shit. doing the decathlon over at Cerritos. That's how I know Christian. He ran yeah, over yeah. Cerritos. We linked up there. I was playing football. I was playing basketball. I had a special talent to where there's very few humans that could outrun me and also outstrengthen me. Like in a weird thing to where I was a like a Swiss army knife. So you just, you throw venture in anything, have him run the mile at 205 pounds, 210 pounds, and I'm still sub five minutes, like still Fuck. hauling ass. You know what I mean? Just, but off of like will and train, but I also train for it. I've been doing that stuff. But that same kid that's at 205 running a five-minute mile is still benching damn near 315, still squatting, you know, four, just, you know, a human being that's just training. That's all I did, at, you know, before COVID, though, is I was just working out, being a meathead, trying to figure out how can you be the greatest at something? You know what I mean? How can you be the most well-rounded athlete? These are some of the most well-rounded athletes that you'll find. These guys run the mile. These guys run the hundred. They run hurdles. They pole vault. They throw javelin. They throw disc. They throw shot put. They long jump. They high jump. They run the four. Like They do it all in two days. So they just break their bodies down in two days. Jim Thorpe is a Native American guy, professional uh, football player, professional baseball player, professional basketball player. This was back in maybe the 30s, the 20s or the okay. 30s. And then um, they had like the Olympics, I think was the first decathlon that they did uh, somewhere in, I think it was, might have been Sweden, dude. Shout out to Sweden again. <laughs> That's crazy. And he went out there and just murdered everybody. They fucking stole his shoes on the second day to like try to keep him down. And he ran it with like a fucking track spike and then somebody's boot that he found in the thing and banged out like a five minute mile and was just hauling ass. And then they deemed him like the greatest athlete of all time for his era. So he's definitely... Mm. Up there, like when you think of Babe Ruth, mm-hmm. like you think of somebody like Jim Thorpe. So super cool guy, but like he's one of the top native athletes of all time. He's the best native athlete of all time. But yeah, I'll, I'll send you some stuff on him later. He's a super cool guy, for but sure. I would love to meet him. He's an icon for sure. So you've been working out like your whole life. Did, yeah. So did you, was anybody that pushed you to that? Or was that just something that was already in your head? Like, nah, I'm going to be this fucking massive Fast ass individual. It was my pops. I wanted to be. Here's the weird part that I realize now as an adult is I didn't want to be a good athlete. I just wanted to be really wealthy. Mm. Uh, one of we have a close family friend. He's like my uncle growing up. He played about 14 years in the NFL. Uh, his name's T.J. Hushmanzada. He was the first guy as a kid. You remember like the first time you see something nice, like oh this car or this mm. house or whatever. He was the first guy I knew that had money. 
Like mm. we weren't poor. You know, my parents do really good. My mom's a doctor. You know, my dad's in real estate. Like they were middle class. So we did good, but they just had me really young. They had me at 22. So I was already like two. Imagine having a two-year-old still going through grad school, yeah. still getting your doctor, all that. Like, so we weren't poor. They were just young. So I got to watch my parents grow up. Um, what was I saying? Oh, my uncle, he was in the NFL. He had the brand new Challenger SRT when it came out. Mm. He had the beach house in Newport. He had NFL ball player money at the time. So as a kid, I go, okay, I'll just do that. I'll just be an NFL player. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Six years old, seven years old. You're like, oh yeah, no, it's he did it. Fuck yeah. it, he can do it. I can like, fucking do it too. <laughs> I can do fucking do it. So obviously football becomes, I realized that just like you're talking about with work, I didn't like the structure and the team aspect as far as football. Because mm-hmm. I was always the hardest working guy. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. Yeah, practice is one a day, but why are we not working out in the evening too? Mm-hmm. Why are we not having a team lift here? What it's it's eight o'clock. Why are we not running routes? What what are, what are you doing? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Why are we not trying to constantly get better? That shit pissed me off. Then I become the guy that's like ventures an asshole, this and mm-hmm. that. So track and field, I realized is a team, but. What you do with your event has nothing to do with what I do with my yeah. event. So you can go out there and get last place. I'll tell you good fucking job, and then I'll go out here and dog everybody out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that's where I fell in love with it. I fell in love with, and also me, classic textbook, extreme ADHD. Gotcha. <laughs> like where to the point where it's just, I just have to flat out tell people, like, I'm not interested. Like, I'm, I'm not being disrespectful. Mm-hmm. I just flat out, it hurts me being here. But on the opposite, I lock in. Like that dog, Kino, Yoyumi mm-hmm. Kino, that motherfucker locks in. When he locks in on some shit, he's not letting go. You know, you're like, he's going to die or he's going to do it. So I just have to find things that I can get addicted to, like podcasting, like this, like that, that allow me to just use my full brain, you know? Mm-hmm. So sports, I learned everything. I wouldn't go to school without sports. Sports and pretty girls. That was about it, right, bro? (laughs) So it's like everything. And even to this day, I'm in just like the meeting I told you before, dude. I I tell people. I tell people. There's motherfuckers coming up talking about like, hey, I got uh, you know, 30, 40, 50 Gs I want to put with you. And you, yeah, you got to give me your full attention. Yeah, like, all right, let's talk. Let's do. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not sitting here wait, wasting your time or my time. Like, we're going to put something together that's going to align with what the fuck you're trying to do or else, you know, we're just wasting time. So, dude, I say that to say movement. Like, the only time you'll see me sitting here is for the podcast. Mm-hmm. You never see me. I'm the type of guy that's like, it, you got five minutes. Just like school was torture for me. That's why I want to talk about kind of what you're getting into with the counseling because I want to open up a school one day that gives more options for young men and women Mm -hmm. that isn't sitting ass in a chair for eight hours a day because that's just not realistic because my life isn't ass in a chair eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. So it's like I realize that if you give me a book to read, it's very hard for me to read the book. I'll do it at an average, slightly above average. But if you can give me a podcast or if you can break it down, just give me five, 10 minutes. Tell me how to do it. It's locked in. Mm-hmm. I'm not forgetting a single word. Now, if you can do it while we're moving, fuck yeah. Where some people are like, I'm tired. No, we could go for a run. And I'll remember every single thing you told me on the fucking run. That's just, I don't know. It's It, it might be in our genes. You know, it's something that's like, there's some people that are just like, 
wired differently. Mm-hmm. And I feel that way. Like you feel best when you're working out. Like mm-hmm. that's how I feel is I have to be doing it or else I just, I get sad. Yeah. You know, what do you think? No, no, for sure. Um, now my whole mental health will take like a, a deep dip. Like literally I haven't, I haven't worked out consistently since April and this is like the worst that my mental health oh. has been. So like. How lot, come? Why'd you fall off? So my dad ended up having a ruptured colon. Oh. Yeah. So almost died. A whole bunch, whole bunch of, you know, um, stuff with that. So he was in the hospital for over a month. Um, so I was literally taking care of him, making sure he was straight. So my whole routine was make sure my dad was good. Come home, make sure my dad was good. Go to work, make sure my dad was good. Um, so it wasn't really, I didn't have a little time to myself. Um, not because he wanted me to be there because I felt as his son and his only son, that was my obligation since he's put his whole life into me. I had to put my entire thing into him as well. Um, so I definitely took a step back to myself in order for him to be healthy and make sure that he felt loved. Cause I felt like if I would just go in the gym in the morning, I feel like I would be like, damn, like, boy, he's sitting there in bed barely able to get up and I'm sitting here going on through my uh, my life, which is probably not the best way I should have done that, but it was the best way that I felt would would have helped him for sure. Yeah, dude. Uh thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. That's one of those things too where it's a big deal. It's like potentially losing a parent. Thankfully, I haven't had to go through that yet, but I mean, we've had a couple close calls like I say and it it makes you think. Mm. It definitely makes you cherish those times and invest more energy into like, ah oh shit, uh, that safety net that I've always had. That's that's when you become an adult, mm-hmm. right? Like over COVID, my pops, hey, he almost flatlined on us, you know. And it's like, I had never thought about that before. My dad was, he's your dad, you know. Mm. Your old man is, he's your superhero. Yeah. Like he's, he, nothing can hurt him. What do you mean? And then. The moment, there's like some, a quote I read a while back that said something along the lines of like, once you understand that your dad is human, like things start to change, you Mm. know? And it was like, once I started doing that, I was like, oh, he, he is human. He's not going to be around forever. What am I going to do when he's not around? Mm. You know, who, oh shit, it's my job. Like, I was Mm. like, oh, I have to, oh yeah, no, I got to, you know, take care of my mom, not take care of my mom as if she needs tending to and stuff like that but like you sort of become you just step into that leadership role naturally and it's like something I'd never thought about you know yeah it definitely changed like the whole dynamic of my life for sure Mm -hmm. um definitely more appreciative of him even though that we were that's like my fucking best friend like I'll cut off both my arms and legs for bro like for real um but it definitely made me understand like yeah the day that he dies I don't know what I'm gonna do because the day that he was sick, I was like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And still to this day, I accepted it a little bit more that like he's not going to be here one day. Um, but it's definitely something that I know when it happens is definitely going to wire me completely different. Yeah. Um, and I definitely know I'm going to be the, the next man up in my family. And that's really scary, too. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really scary to think about. Because like you said, he's... Your dad's like a superhero, man. You, you you never think anything's gonna hurt him. You know, you at one point he's like, Oh, this is the strongest dude I know, man. Like he he fucking shakes my hand, like this motherfucker's strong, dude. Yeah. And then one day he's like, he's barely able to walk. Or he's barely able to even get up by himself or walk at all. Mm-hmm. So it's then it's like, Well fuck, like if he's the strongest person in the world and I've been doing all this dumb shit, what the fuck does that make me? Yeah. You know what I mean? It makes you um start 
looking at your identity a little bit better too. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I found myself a lot more after that because I self-reflected a lot. I went home after the hospital days just trying to understand like, okay, but what is your next move? Like if he was not here tomorrow, what is your next move? What are you going to do with your life? Yeah. You know what I mean? And it made, really made me um, start clicking my clock a little bit more, man. Dude, that's awesome. I want to hear a little bit more about like your relationship with your dad because for me personally, I talk about my dad all the time on this show. He was the best dad for me. I don't think there's any other man on the planet. I don't believe, I'm sure there is, but I don't believe there's another man on the planet that could have did a better job of raising me and building me into the young man that I am today than Charles O'Neill. How about your pops? Um, I feel the exact same way, man. Um. I was living with, so my my parents split up when I was like seven. Mm-hmm. So I was living with my mom for a cool minute, um, and then when I hit like middle school, she was in Inglewood, so that area wasn't you know the best. Um, so like middle school, no fifth grade actually, fifth grade, she was like, "Hey, I need you to take Cody." After that, like my whole my whole life changed because he, not saying that my mom didn't do a good job with raising me, not at all. Um, my mom loved me with all her heart, but it was something that. In my in my belief system, a woman can't instill a manhood into you. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Um, so my dad is is literally my best friend. We have a whole podcast where we're both sitting there crying together, bro. Like you know what I mean. So I was sitting there write poetry about bro. Like it's 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 um it's something that I hope to have with my future kids. Um, to love him as much as lo- to love me as much as I love him. Yeah. What would you say are some of your like top three things or one thing that you think your dad did that helped put you on the path that you are today? Um, one thing, he always told me to respect every man. Um, I would never go in the streets or something and think I can beat everybody's ass. I would always be like, okay, I can hold my own, you feel me? But I'm never going to be like, oh, I can I can beat his ass or I can fuck him, you know, type of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's helped me a lot with... Um, my ego, because growing up, I thought I was that tough dude. And then, you know, growing up and understanding there's different men and there's different levels of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, then I started understanding that more. Um, definitely my financial um, situations, he's helped me through that. Um, understand my money and, and where to put it and how to save money. Um, and definitely um, how to be vulnerable as a man. Um, my dad cried in front of me multiple times. Multiple times. And there'll be people who'll be like, you know, dudes don't cry. I'm like, nah, my dad cries. Yeah. <laughs> he he shows me his 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 good and his bad side. And and even after that, he's like, All right, wipe his tears off. And he's like, all right, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's good. You know what I mean? So he just showed me how to be a man and not be scared to show your um your most vulnerable parts of you. Yeah, that's a big deal. I hadn't thought about that. Dude, that's like something that I'll definitely take with me and instill probably into my parenting philosophy because something that my parents didn't do was they did not apologize. Mm. So, I mean, you know, that's definitely a cultural thing to black culture. You know, don't say sorry to your kids, stuff like that. But kids do what parents do, just mm. like you're saying. So it just made sense to me. Like, I'll say if I fuck something up, no, there's no perfect parent. If I fuck up, hey. Sorry. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Sorry, little bro. Like, you know, I'll, I'll do better on the next one. Like mm-hmm. that, that me as a parent, I messed up and I'm treating you like a human being. I'm sorry. Yep. And I feel like that resonates way more than you hear parents all the time saying, what do they tell their kids? 
what are you supposed to say? Say sorry, right? Mm. And then you never often see the parents ever apologize and parents are just God, you know? And that's where like, that's not something that I agree with. But yeah, I think the biggest thing that my dad that I can put in there is something that rings every single day with me is you control your effort. Mm. Ever since I was six years old, five years old, he goes, who controls your effort? I do. Okay. So what are we doing? You know, you, you, you're tired? Okay. Do you have one more rep in you? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Let's try it. Okay. You finished that one. Do you have another one in you? Yeah, I do. Okay. Let's do it again. Do you have another one in you? Yeah, I do. So you weren't tired. You know, mm. you, you got to understand that your body doesn't dictate, your body doesn't tell your mind, your mind tells your body when you're tired, you know? Now, yes, there are recovery, there are things, you know, that you need to do that's just biology, but at the end of the day, you got to understand that there's the guy that you're competing against, you got to go a little bit further then, you know? That's really what you got to do. Hey, this is a life lesson. He'll tell me, this isn't just true here in track and field or in football or whatever the fuck we're playing, we're lifting weights. This is true in business. This is true when you graduate college. I'm eight years old. <laughs> the fuck are we talking about? Yeah. You know, so that by the time, one of the coolest moments we had was when I was moving out. They ended up buying a house in uh, Las Vegas before COVID. And I remember packing up his pickup truck. They left me. I didn't leave them. Mm. They, they were like, all right, we, we did our job. Bye. And like, they're out there living their best life now. But he goes, you're so far ahead, buddy. Like, stay on it. You're so far ahead right now. All this dumb shit everybody's doing, just like you're talking about going out and chasing women and all this other stuff. Hey, just stay focused. If you stay on this path, you're going to go so much further than I ever did, than your mom ever did, than your grandpa ever did. Continue going, and you're going to be able to help everybody, and you're going to provide so much value to everybody around you. But what is the number one rule? you dictate your effort. And so that's where it just placed me in a space to where I couldn't, I can work for other people. It just happens to be, you better be a bad motherfucker. Like Mm -hmm. right now, my mentor is, he's on the Forbes list for the top 100 financial advisors in the United States of America. He's sitting at like number 56. He's sitting at like number six in California. That guy's got shit in his head that I need to shut the fuck up and listen to. You know what I mean? If it's some manager, if I'm working at the Hilton or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, fuck you. You don't know what you're talking about. But this guy, yeah, oh, oh, you know, Adam's calling. Oh, sorry. That would be the one time where I would stop the pod and be, oh, shit, hold on. Hey, what's up, sir? What's going on? All right, yeah, I'll be right there. You know, like, he says jump, I jump. But you control your effort. Why? Why do I do that? Because he's built a practice of success, of proven success that can be followed, can be replicated. That's something that I want to provide value with my clients, Mm -hmm. the people that I work with and the people that I help. So, dude, dads are important, you know? I like that we got on this dad tangent, dude, because honestly, successful businessman, successful podcaster, successful husband, at the end of the day, if I just had to pick one, it would be a dad. Mm -hmm. It really would. Give me 30, 40 kids. I don't care. Like I tell Hannah all the time, I'm like, you give, like, we can make as many kids as you want, but you understand I'm adopting the fuck out of like, there's, I'll foster any, like, I'll buy the biggest house and fill every room up. You know what I mean? That's super dope. And it's just like, that's something I'm passionate about is the whole like, 
idea of you see these families who try to force having kids or let's say you can't have a kid you know mm. maybe shit doesn't happen you can't you know there's just stuff happens with the body there's so many kids that need help mm. there's so many just babies there's a 15 year old kid right now that's down on his luck he's in the foster care system fighting right now mm -hmm. not not physically fighting but he's just fighting trying to figure it out right he needs a bed to sleep in i got money i got extra rooms fuck are we doing it just seems like a no-brainer yeah. you know what i mean but yeah that's all i want to do is i just want to be somebody's pops you know that's beautiful bro not yeah. for real did you so since you and your dad had a great dynamic for what it seems did your dad did, did, did you and your dad tell each other that you love each other often yes okay mm -hmm. yeah yeah my dad definitely said he loves me um he it is a little bit of a unspoken oh you hear that yeah i do is that your wire Try to. Are you sitting on a wire? Uh, I don't believe so. No, you're good. Okay. Yeah, just put that wire on the outside. Yeah, you're good right there. Okay. Just keep it right there because sometimes when you put pressure on. But yeah, my dad. Um, it's an unspoken thing. Mm -hmm. Like it's definitely like a hey, you see this work I'm doing? Like good job. You know, like it's a like you can non-verbally communicate it on a deeper level than even anybody else that I have. Because he's like the guy that built me. So, yeah. you know, like I can sit there if I'm having a tough day or something. Like, let's say I just ran a tough race, let's say, back in like high school or college. I could look up there and see him and he would be beaming. And it's like, you already know. All right, now I'm going to go over here and get some water. Like, it's all good. So, it's one of those things too. And I just remember my dad being so protective to me feeling so safe to, let's say. I played high school ball in Texas. So, oh, okay. Uh, Big time program, let's say. Like it's you know, one of the top 10. They're always in the top 10, right? It was, uh, I was at South Lake Carroll for a little while and then I was at Boswell High School. Just know that like football's king up there. Like you know the deal. There's yeah. anywhere from 15 to 20,000 people at these games making it happen. And um, I remember I just got in a concussion. I was out there trying my best, man. I was slaving away, dude, trying to play ball. And they, they just weren't putting me in the right spots. I remember I got this concussion, right? And I just came back from a bad concussion, like seeing stars, foam, like the whole thing, right? So I literally just got back. The day I got back, I was scout team. I was a young guy, like freshman, sophomore at the time. And um, you know how the scout guys get it. They basically just hit play. Let me see what the hell's going on with these wires. For sure. Yeah, man. So... It was, I literally had, they. I got a concussion just doing dirty work, you know, trying to hit the bigger guys on varsity or whatever. First day back, they throw Venture and they're like, hey, uh, go run around, like hike the ball, go be a dual threat, right? Go get fucked up. Big dude, like a senior, went slam me on my head. And I was, you know, you're, you're just not a man yet. Like mm -hmm. I was just a little kid. And I remember getting slammed and like I got re, not re-concussed, but I was like, fuck, I'm not all the way there. Yeah. And I remember telling the coach, like, hey, I can't, like, go back in. And the coach, man, you know how Texas, get your ass back in there. You're being soft. I was not being soft. I was fucking giving it my all. Yeah. I guarantee you if anybody else had felt that, they would have stayed down. My ass was up. I had, like, fractured my tailbone damn near. Oh, like, I was, I was in war right now. Like, I was getting up. He was, get up, do it again. Like, they were going to – and the fucking guys know what the play is now. Yeah. So, it's like, just do it again. Just to get dogged. Just to get fucking dogged. And, you know, it's JV line up against varsity guys. And I remember getting ready, and I was like, fuck, this one's going to suck, but I'm going to do it. We're going to, you know, get ready. 
And I remember my dad, he used to watch practices. Not mm-hmm. every practice, but, you know, every once in a while he'd pull up if he was off work or whatever. And I remember him coming down and uh, just, like, storming onto the field. Mm-hmm. Like, Dern just on the field, storming on the field. And this dude was a little guy. He was maybe, like, 5'10", little coach. His name was, like, fucking Skip or whatever. And I remember hearing my dad, like, what the fuck is going on? And I remember as soon as I heard my dad's voice, I was like, oh, thank God. I don't have to hike this ball. Because I was right about to, like, hike that ball. And he came in. And my dad's a big dude, you know, like, former D-lineman, just big guy. Um, Just I remember him just walking through the guy. He never hit him, never touched him. But it was just big man, little man. And my dad's just walking forward into this guy. And the guy is, like pushing he's like grabbing on my dad's boob it was like really weird like getting like sunned down into the ground you can tell my dad's got his hat off and he's just like screaming at the head coach in front of all the players in front of the entire program and this and that and he was just screaming at the guy like this is not how you play good ball because it's not you're injuring your players like i'm it's my teammates that are hitting me and stuff like that i just told the coach i think that's what it was too my dad saw that like Hey, this is venture is given to him. He's gonna go until he breaks, which because yeah. I will. Like I'll just go at that at that point in time. I would have, and I remember just as soon as the, I heard my dad cussing and just flipping out and this and that, and then I was like, oh thank God. And I was just sitting there, and everybody else was of course like, oh what's going on? I already knew what was going on. This yeah, isn't yeah, new. Yeah, yeah. This isn't news to me. You know your dad. Yeah. Like I was like, oh thank God. All right, let me just. I got down on a knee, was taking a breather, screams at this guy, and then my dad starts like, "Fuck this!" Starts like storming off the field now. And I remember he was like, "Venture," and I was like, "Huh, what?" And he was like, "Get you like get your ass over here!" And I was like, "All right," and I just like went and left, and like that was the last. He got kicked off the. Field. He was banned from the program. Clearly, like couldn't yeah. go to no more practices. Maybe had to watch the games from like the top of the field or whatever. Yeah. But it was just like. That was a defining moment, I remember. And, like, this is what a dad's supposed to be because I was really at my limit. And, dude, it was it was a little rough, you know? That's crazy because I have a similar story to my dad doing some shit like that when I was hooping. Um, the coach – fucking hate him. But the coach, he was just uh, – we, we had a practice before that. And he was like, oh, what do you guys think we should do better to um, to help the team? And one of the homies was like, "Oh, we shot freedom," because he was really like a like an old school coach. We have to all wear the same socks, and you know, just just wear stuff. We couldn't wear any accessories. Just you know, just just strange stuff. So he said, "Oh, more freedom." So freedom, freedom. Okay, whatever. So the next game, we played like these big ass white boys, bro, like huge. And it's like a summer league, so like all our players aren't there. So he's like, "Okay, go ahead." So what the fuck do you mean, go ahead? Didn't run any plays. Didn't sub us out. Didn't do anything. Just let us go. So my dad sat there quiet like the entire game, watching us get our ass whooped. And after the game, he comes down. What the fuck are you doing? Like this goes off, bro. Yeah. Goes off. Fucking uh, tells me to grab my shoes, put them shits in my bag. Let's let's go fucking home. So we're at the end of the game. Do y'all go in a huddle and talk about the game? So we're walking. I'm, he's grabbing me. We're walking out, and he looks to his left, and he sees everybody over there. So. Fucking storms over there. You fucking bitch. Like, mm-hmm. fucking goes off. And I thought I wasn't going to be on a team anymore. I thought, I was, like, I thought I was it. But the next day, he's like, no, you can go. You can go to practice, but he's a bitch. I was like, <laughs> it's understandable. Yeah. Understandable. So, I, yeah, that's that's the one moment I was like, okay, like my dad has my back like 100%. Because yeah. it was crazy. We, we got our ass whooped, like handed to us. It's funny, too, because like at that, like how, what grade were you in at that point in time? I believe I was... Uh, either a sophomore or junior. So underclassmen still. Do you remember that shift to an upperclassman physically too to where 
you're like 16 to 18 to where you're like physically a man now. Like you you had the muscles and yeah. stuff. Like that's where I had, you know, I hit 16 and I filled out. Yeah. You know, I'm like a big boy now. The difference from, because I went from Texas and then we transferred from Texas to uh, Torrance. So okay. that's where I graduated Torrance. And then I ended up going to Cal State Long Beach to, um, you know, at, for COVID to finish my bachelor's and all that. But the difference when I got from Texas, I was still listening to coaches. Yes, sir. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then I remember I got to California, and the second I stepped on, like, the field in California, there was something different. Like, coaches would say shit. And I remember when I graduated from high school, one of the biggest compliments that I got was from the coach that I hated. And he was like, we always knew what you were thinking. Like, that was the biggest – no inventor talked a lot of shit, basically. Because I remember when I left Texas, I was like, oh, I'm never going to let a coach run me into the ground. Like, I'll run myself into the ground. So it was, like, same, you know, little white guys or whatever. And Buddy would tell me to do something. I'd be like, that was a shitty play like mm. i'd flat out be like hey what the fuck are you doing mm. like what out so and not even like in an asshole mentality but in like a no i'll beat the fuck out of you right yeah, now like because yeah, you're yeah, in that yeah, zone yeah. and you know you get that you just get new muscles you think you're hot shit and you're not so my dad never had to come on the field again because my dad would probably come on the field to stop me from fucking throwing a helmet at a coach or something like yeah. that but it was just a funny, I was talking to Hannah about that, but I was like, she didn't understand it as much as like, no, you need that. Like you need to show, sometimes you got to show your ass a little bit just to show that you're a little crazier than the other people. Like you don't want to fuck with this system over here because you're going to have your hands full. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, and then it's funny because you talk about like ego earlier and that's something I wanted to touch into too, because I didn't get too much. I think it's a natural progression that you get as a successful man is you figure out, like I heard this on Rogan forever ago. I don't know. You listen to Rogan? I've listened to a few of his. Yeah. We'll talk about some of your top podcasts too, because I love getting new podcasts, books, like all that. We'll do that after. But he had somebody on and they basically said like, hey, you have to create a monster as a young man. You want to become a monster and then you want to take out what's not needed. It's better to have too much in your youth, right? That mm. way you can take out and you have too much than to have too little. And then you're in this big, scary world and you're not able to perform. So that was like Hannah met me. I was getting thrown out of games. I was getting thrown out of places. Like I was just angry and ready to fight every little thing. Like every, still to this day, I have a problem with authority that I'm working on and mm. we're as a team we're getting it down but just it, whenever somebody tells me I can't do something that's within my right and not like unreasonable I have an issue with that it could be something as simple as like I was about to flip out on the lifeguard girl <laughs> a little cute little lifeguard like maybe this was two three weeks ago and she told me I couldn't put my umbrella where I was putting my umbrella, and I almost lost my shit. Like, I was, uh, my palms were sweaty as hell. I wasn't gonna put my hands on this girl or anything, yeah, but yeah. I was ready to just scream at her. And Hannah could tell. And that was one of the things within our relationship that she was like, okay, so you have this problem with authority that I don't have, and I don't know what to do with it. And it seems like you're ready to die. It's actually very similar to what Kino does. Whenever he sees like a homeless person or something, like I'm not, you're not able to tap into Kino. You have to physically get him, choke him out and like bring him away. Just like you would a police dog. Mm -hmm. There's something that happens to where I'm working on it. There's this problem with authority and you're not listening to people's words. You're just battling. You're verbally battling and going at it. And I, she's like, how about, she had this idea where she's like, how about you just defer to me? I have no problem with authority. 
I'll handle it. So let's say we're going through TSA. We're going through something. So, you know, the TSA is always fucking assholes. Mm-hmm. They tell you, you can't have this in your bag. Let's say Venture knows he can bring this with his bag. It's within the law. It's within this. How about you tell me and I'll talk to the TSA agent? Because there's no reason in us getting kicked off our flight mm-hmm. because you want to bring this fucking perfume or cologne. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's just like getting better at communication and leaving your ego at the door, dude. Like with this career that I have, with the podcast, for example, there's no shows. I had a no show this week. People say they're going to be here just like you did, right? Mm-hmm. I get prepared. Motherfuckers don't show up sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's a hurt hit to the ego, right? Yeah. A little bit like, hold on, now I'm giving you my time. Where, where's going on? 70, 80 episodes in, now I just go, oh, yeah, well, that's their loss. Yeah. Like, we got a good thing we're building here. I don't, like, you just got to leave your ego at the door sometimes, right? Yeah. Tell, tell, talk to me about the mental health. Talk to me about you, like, transitioning into a more patient guy. Um, yeah, man. Um, I don't know if you're into inner child work or ever heard of inner child work. Inter child work? Inner child work. Inner child work. Yeah. Okay. Talk to me about that. Um, so pretty much inner child work is going back to um it can be events, um, situations, uh, people that have impacted your life and figuring out why um things stem for things. So say for example, like your um how you don't like authority. That stems for something specifically. Yeah. Right. But going back to that and allowing yourself to either um accept it or accept yourself for it, then that's when you start learning to undo those qualities of yourself. So I was super angry as a kid, like super angry. So I felt, my mom already knows, we got a whole podcast about this, but I felt like my mom um, like dropped me off to my dad and she didn't really like care. Mm. So she kept my two sisters and then she dropped me off to my dad. Mm. So obviously it was explained afterwards and we had a whole discussion of why but as a kid, I didn't understand. Um, so I was ready to fight anybody. Like any, anybody who, who wanted something, I was like, okay, cool. Who wanted? Now, please. Mm-hmm. I want you to. Um, so growing up with that type of mentality, I started going back to inner child work. I had conversations with my mom. Um, I had conversations with my dad. And I had conversations with myself. I talked to myself all the fucking time. Um, and I started understanding. It's only crazy when you answer yourself. Do you answer yourself? Hey, bro, yeah. Okay, yeah, all right, yeah yeah, 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 no, it just yeah. it lets me know where you're at. Are you on the exit row of the plane, or are you on the... <laughs> hey, man, you know, I answer myself like, you know what, you did a good job today. Cool. You know what I mean? I got you, go ahead, go ahead. You know but what I mean? <laughs> I'm just saying, the only difference between that and the Long Beach crackheads, my man, is, you know, you see them crackheads answering themselves a lot. Right? I talk to myself inside of my head. You're not going to see me sitting there like, you know what, Cody? <laughs> I'm not going to be sitting there going back and forth with you in my head. You. you feel me? It's, it's all going to be all internal. Good. All good. Go internal, ahead. I'm with you. Keep going. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, dipping into that, um, start understanding circumstances and um, just letting yourself just be a child again um, allows yourself to grow and allows yourself to, to let go of all that hurt that you probably had when you were younger. Um, so I started dipping into that. Um, and That's really cool. I like that. Yeah. Back off the mic just a little bit. Just go ahead and push it back a little bit. There you go. Yeah, right cool. there. It's perfect. That level. Yeah, I like that. Inner inner child work. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that's super cool. I like that. Yeah. I'm going to start like thinking about more stuff from my childhood. The, I don't know. Maybe sometimes I'm just like, I think that's just, it is the way it is. But yeah, it does make sense. Like there's a reason that you don't like authority. There's a reason why you 
you you like this and not that, you know? So I also had a professor over at Cal State Long Beach. The one thing that I got, I hated school. It was bullshit. I had to pay for it. I had a slave way to pay for it. I knew that I wasn't using my degree. I knew exactly what I was doing. I knew I was getting into finance, but I didn't need a finance degree, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like I... I was just blessed because I knew what I was doing right out the when I was 16. I was like, let's fucking go. But I had this um really cool, like he's a he's like this gay cholo guy. Like okay. he looked really like you wouldn't fuck with them, but he was like a, a gay guy and he taught uh I think it was like a race and intersexuality course or something, because I was a sociology major. So but it was just like he was a cool guy. Like mm-hmm. I fucked with him. And I remember he was giving a lecture one day and it sounded like he was speaking directly to me because he was like, you know how there's a lot of guys that have to act hard all the fucking time. Isn't it exhausting? And doesn't it look like they don't have a lot of tools in their toolbox? Mm -hmm. It was like something along that line. So where I was like, fuck, I do only have one way of handling things. And that is making me weak. And he's like, they think they're so strong, but how the fuck are you strong when you're only able to do one thing at a time? And it's like... The, it hit me and I was like, yo, you didn't have to out me. It felt like I was like, you didn't have to out me in front of the class like that today. Like you could have pulled me aside to say that. Yeah. He wasn't talking to me like, you know, and it was a lecture hall. But like the way he said that was from that moment forth, I was like, oh yeah. I thought that if you didn't use it, you were going to lose it. Mm. No, I work out every day. I'm a strong guy, but really talented fighter. Been fighting since I was, you know, seven in the wrestling room. Like I've been going, I, I know how to handle myself. So as long as I don't like not as long as I don't get fat and lazy, if an emergency arises where I do have to use my hands, it'll be there. Mm-hmm. It's all fine. So just the idea of like by letting go, I used to think it was like I said, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it instead of building more rooms onto a house, yeah. a, an extra living room, an extra house, a bigger backyard. Like that's what it was. And once I started seeing it like that, way more peaceful, I I don't know if people see it because obviously I'm a bigger guy. I come on very strong and very like happy and sometimes a little aggressive. I'm not the most quiet guy, but I'm not a, I'm not like how I used to be. Mm-hmm. I definitely used to be a lot like how you're talking about and ready, ready, ready. I don't let my ego, you know, go that. Like if somebody wants to fight, I'm like, hey, man, you win. Mm-hmm. You're good. Cool, bro. I ain't, got, I ain't got nothing to prove. You win. What do you want? You want that parking spot? Go ahead. Have that parking spot. There's other parking spots. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here and fight you in the fucking parking lot in front of my girlfriend right here. And I'm just at Costco trying to get some muffins. You know what I mean? Like, there's no... It, now, if you're trying to steal my muffins, that's a different story. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, there's a time and a place, but I don't have to sit here and... Like, I can be strong by letting that shit go. Exactly. Take that parking spot, bro. It's cool. Like, do I really want to ruin my day? No. Do I really want my girlfriend looking at me like a fool? No. Fuck that. Like, just go in. Exactly. What do you think? No, for sure. Um, I after the inner child work, I started understanding. Um, I used to get bullied as a kid. So before I came over here, I used to live in um, Lancaster, Palm. I used to move a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I was living out there, I was skinny. I had a growth spurt when I was like in, when I moved out here. So when I came back out here, I was like, oh, I'm definitely gonna make sure people don't think I'm a bitch. Ah, uh. for sure. So that whole persona that I tried to make right when I came over here fucking stuck with me, and that became that little mask became like literally my identity oh so you already started with like people you, yo you think this about me i'm gonna like show you oh i get exactly. it exactly so i was like yeah i'm gonna make sure everybody thinks i'm I'm strong i'm gonna make sure everybody thinks i'm tough nobody's gonna fucking fuck with me even if you do fuck with me even though in the beginning i was like i don't know how to fucking fight but i'm gonna make sure that you think i know how to fight 
mm-hmm. you know, type of thing. Um, so once I started unwrapping that, bro, it was it was easy because I'm not naturally I'm not a person that's really aggressive. Like mm-hmm. I came like I feel like I'm a pretty loving person in general. You know what I mean? So when I had to when I got rid of that, it was like, okay, now now I can be a person. I don't have to have a mask on my entire life. I can be who I am. I can spread love and positivity. Like all that shit is is who I want to be. And it's not something that is going to be detrimental to my life. I can fucking get killed from the shit I was trying to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it too, man. And the big thing, like there was something that happened right out here. Because, you know, the beach can get wild sometimes. And yeah. I remember there was this dude that was like, there was a domestic dispute going on over there. And like this guy's girlfriend was like whooping this other girl's ass right over there. Like where you parked mm-hmm. on that street. And I was just, it was like, I was just trying to break it up and stuff like that. And I remember I almost grabbed the like young lady and the guy, the lady's boyfriend, of course, was going to like hop in and fight me. And I was like, it was really nice because I feel like the old me, he was only like a buck 50, buck 60, a little stoner black guy. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, hey, bro, I'll swing these dreads up and down this <laughs> thing that this is a big problem. But then you you do got to think, man, like that's something that'll get you stabbed. That's something yeah. that'll get you killed. Do I really, I don't even know these people right now. Like, I want to help, but only to a certain point. You know what I mean? Hey, I did my piece. All right, I got to go inside. You know what I mean? Like, if I start hearing something, I'm going to let the dog out. And then we're going to see everybody's going to go somewhere else at that point, you know? So it's one of those things where you just got to, like, do that inner work. That's super cool, though. I'm definitely going to challenge you to do that, man. I want to hear back from from where all this shit stems from. Yeah. Because it all stems from something. My dad always says... There's always a reason. There's always a method behind the madness. My dad has always told me that. And especially like um, like with the crackheads and all this. There's always a method behind the madness. They didn't just become crackheads. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's always um, something happened in order for this person to become this way. I like that you talked about how you moved around a lot too. Because I also have a gold medal in moving around as a kid. We moved every single year, sometimes twice a year. Um, every year, went to three different high schools. Um, the point was, oh, I took it a, a one way, and my sister took it the complete opposite way. So you know, like just even same household, but move it. I want to know how you took it because I loved it. I loved moving. The second that I got the the notice from my parents, like, hey, we're going from Texas to California, all work stopped, all this stopped. I started. Shut up, bitch. Miss <laughs> Miss fucking Brown. Shut up, bitch. What you going to do? Like, I just started acting a fool. I was like, I'm gone in like fucking 30 days. Anyway. What are you going to do? Give me an F. Go ahead. These grades aren't even going to transfer. Yeah. I'm going to a different district. You think they're going to look at fucking Texas grade? You know what I mean? Like, how did you take it? Did you like it? Did you dislike it? What? Oh, I fucking hated it, man. You didn't like it? No, huh? I hated it because I was really small. So it was like from seven to about 12. Mm-hmm. So all those years I was moving. And it was like moving in with like my cousins or, you know, it wasn't just like our house moving. It was like we're moving in with other people. I got you. You know what I mean? So it was kind of tough. Um, so it was like me sleeping on, on the floor mm. or like me sleeping in, on the couch or, you know what I mean? It was never like my, we moved and like, okay, I have my own room now. You yeah. know what I mean? Even when I lived with my mom, we didn't, I didn't have my own room. I sleeping on the couch. So it was, um, it was rough, man. It was, uh, it was really hard for me to... I feel like to make friends, I had a really bad speech impediment as a oh, child. Man. So like, man, you were hitting, you were getting it all, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, Hey, you filled out though. You handsome guy now. I know I the people can't you, see you right now, I appreciate but it, bro. 
You look good. I, I like the shirt, it. dude. Where'd you get Thank that you. shirt at? I'm gonna have to get. It's um, like a retro '60s type. Of... Yeah, uh, I got it from Coles, bro. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to give me a few of those. Dude. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying um, to up my stuff from sweatpants and shorts. You know, it's one of those things. Yeah, but... I try to go to school and uh, like my whole thing is I lead by example, and I have like a whole group of kids. Um, I have like a rehabilitation program, I guess you can say, mm-hmm. with a whole bunch of kids that got in fights and are like going down the wrong path, and I'm trying to. Turn them around into upstanding yeah. individuals, dude. And not sorry, not to cut you no, off, no, no, but you cool. just hit on something to where those are the kids that you were that kid, I was that kid. They have the highest potential. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm trying to say. Is there they have an above average? From what I'm noticing, I don't deal with kids nearly as much as you do. But those problem children, it's similar. I'm not comparing people to dogs, but that's what I have a high level of knowledge of. And like, you need a dog, let me know. We'll get you with the perfect stuff. Like, I there's something that I do that like you go, holy shit. Like that makes sense. Kino was the worst puppy of the litter. He was wild. There's a reason nobody wanted him. There's a reason he's tearing holes up. There's a reason he's fucking uh, biting a hole in my door and tearing the tire off the rubber. You know what I mean? Like he's wild. But once you guide that, just like the same kid that's fighting, once he's bored. You know what I mean? Like you give him something to do. You give him a, a passion or a craft or an art. It's not math, okay? Who? How many motherfuckers are doing math? Me, how many, who else is doing math in their career right now? Not a lot of people, you know what I mean? And guess what? The math that I do isn't algebra two. It's basic like, okay, this account goes to this account. There's a third account. All right, let's subtract it. That'll be the answer. Like it's easy shit. Kids, you know, they need more options. They need more of a purpose, right? So like, what are some of the ways that you're taking that energy and redirecting it into something positive? So a lot of the kids that are in my group, um, so the vice principal and principal was like, oh, we want to do this program. Um, we don't know what we want to do with it. But we want you to do it. Okay. You guys have no direction now. Okay, cool. So we had uh, what's called community circles. So in these circles, it's pretty much, um, well, I, I picked the topics, but pretty much trying to figure out what's inside of you and, and why you're so angry or um, your at-home life. And you start putting bits and pieces together. But one of the first questions I asked was like, okay, why are you guys fighting? And it was like, everybody was fighting each other. And I was like, you guys mad at each other? Like, What's up? They're like, no, we're, we're all cool. Like, we were just bored. Like, we didn't have anything to do. And we all want to know how to fight. We don't know how to fight. I was like, okay, cool. Brought us some people from the city, um, city council members and stuff. Ended up getting a grant to get them into dog pound MMA. Shout out to them. And they started learning how to fight. Now they don't fight outside anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, but just trying to figure out, um, again, what their interests are. I'm trying to figure out. They're out looking to the future because a lot of them come from like gang violence or like their their parents or their family members are in gangs. So that's all they really literally know in the future. They don't really have like an outlook on like, okay, I want to be a construction worker or stuff like that. So starting to understand or make them understand like there's different avenues to to life. Yeah. Then they start understanding like, okay, well, maybe I can do this life thing. Maybe I can't, maybe I won't just throw away my life, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's just diff- super dope to just have them understand who I am as a person because that took a lot of me too to be vulnerable with them and let them see like hey this is not just Mr. Pitts this is this is a, it's a person like he he understands where we're coming from and that respect aspect made everything go way more smoothly that's you know? the difference too to where me as a student I just didn't like the fakeness of mm-hmm. like act like a human being all my teachers not like you're you're acting like a robot and I see through that bullshit 
the only people was literally like one of my last two years of college when I was taking my sociology courses, that whole department was human beings. Mm -hmm. It would literally be like, hey guys, I have a migraine. You know, you get that email, I got a migraine or hey, my kid is shitting all over the place right now. Like gotta, gotta cancel class. And we're like, hey, I respect that. It's totally cool. Or he's like, hey, you know, sorry, I'm taking forever to grade these papers. A lot's been going on right now. It's like, no, it's whatever. Like you're good, you know? So it's like, that's what I've found in life too. When I work with clients, when I, you know, do this or that, when I say I don't know something, I'll let you know. I'm not going to sit here and bullshit you and give you the run around. Hell no. I'm going to say, Hey, this is a problem I haven't ran into before. Fortunately, we have resources to handle it. I'm going to learn from this as well. We're going to get this taken care of by the end of the week. All right. Sorry. You know, nobody's what what the fuck Uh, you know like people once you show them and you open up to people you actually get further and that's what i've been finding and it seems like a fucking hack but i guess it's common sense that i just didn't have but it's hard you know like to open up and be real and people see that and they're real in return you know well you know people jobs fucking school they make you into robots man they don't they don't teach you how to be um, passionate individuals who who care about other people. They teach you how to do a job and and do it correctly. Or if you don't do it correctly, you're gonna get fired. Type thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Um. So that's literally how you saying it's like a hack. It is. You you start figuring out that people like other people. They don't they don't like just fucking automated voice messages. That was the case. Everything be fucking automated. Yeah. They like to talk to people and sometimes talk about their problems. And if that makes their experience better, then. Know all the power to them. You know what I mean. Hey, what type of guy are you? Are you you would rather order online or do you want to call the place up and talk to somebody? Because I hate automated anything. Like, what do you think? You know what's crazy? I used to get like so much anxiety having to call people for mm-hmm. for shit. So it would make me really anxious. But I've gotten to the point where I used to have to. I used to work at a uh, at a Target, mm-hmm. and I used to work at Target Tech. So I used to be talking to people selling phones. So I have to be calling people all the fucking time. So after that, it made my experiences with like calling people way easier. Yeah. So I now I'd much rather call a person to get it situated than like if it's like something I can fill in on the internet and I don't really have to like do a lot of stuff, then I'll just do that because I don't like wasting other people's time too. If it's easy, I don't need anybody's assistance. Oh, I love wasting other people's time, <laughs> my guy. Oh, I'll be on there just asking questions. I will be like, I won't. If I call Wingstop up and they're like, oh, you can order on the app, I'm like, yeah, I know, but I called you, my yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. You work right now. <laughs> you clocked in, Doug. So guess what? Five garlic pepper, five barbecue, five teriyaki. Let me get an extra ranch. Go ahead and put it in, all right? Like, I don't know. That's the laziness in me. I don't, it ain't lazy. It's just efficient, my yeah, guy. Because yeah. the thing is, I'm already in the car on the way over there. So yeah. I'm not going to be fumbling with the app. But Hannah, she'll, you know, that's cool. So, like, if I don't feel like messing with Doug, I will mess with Hannah. And then she'll be like, I'll do it. It's fine. Like, and she'll get it ordered. But, like, just the idea of me putting my card info in there, I'm like, that's a long ass number. I'm not going to, Doug, all right, it's one, two, three, four, yeah. two, three. Like, it's funny. I'm old school with some of the stuff like that, though. That, you know, it's just a good time. But, hey, man, we've been going for, you know, well over an hour now. Oh, I shit. appreciate Yeah, this time <laughs> flies by here, right? It's super cool and definitely, like, appreciate you for coming on, man. I like to finish out with our last question of just, like, who are some people that you know that we can reach out to and maybe ask them to come sit in the same chair that you're sitting in that you would like to see on the show? 
Mm, that's a hard one, though. Um, damn. I wasn't expecting that question. doesn't have to be anybody specific. It can be somebody old, young, you know, smart, dumb, whoever you want to call. Um, I think you would really enjoy my homie Michael. Michael. Michael Awaje. Okay. Where's Michael stay at? Uh, he stays in Placentia. How far is that? Uh, From here, probably like 40, 30 minutes. But he, okay. he, he used to live in Lakewood, too. Okay. But he's just a really energetic individual, super happy. He, he'd love to answer any of your questions. Bro. Oh, yeah. That's what's up. <laughs> have you had him on your pod before? I have. That's I what's have. up. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, shout out to Michael. We'll be reaching out to him, man, and getting him on. But... Hey, man, like I said, open invite anytime you want to come jump on the pod. You got anything going on? Like, definitely after your trip that you're talking about in December, I want you to come back on and, you know, tell us, update us how it was, you know, what food you had, what good times you had. And yeah, it's, our, you said Argentina, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, man, that sounds lit. I want to hear about that. But yeah, I appreciate you coming on, man. No, I appreciate you for having me on, man. It, it was dope. It definitely didn't feel like an hour. That's crazy. Yeah, it flies <laughs> by. It's super fun. But. All right, guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Natural Thoughts and Talks. We'll catch you later. Peace.